The following short story is intended for a mature Christian audience only, someone whose faith isn't easily shaken. With all the recent surprises, would you be shocked within the next few months, few years, you saw in the headlines Tim Cook, Mark Zuckerberg, etc. decide they want to cancel all Christians. Tim Cook could say, time has come. After the storming of the Capitol, it's clear the Bible is the origin of this hate. We have mined the important parts out. Love everyone. Don't be evil. But now it's time to put all the elephant in the room, hateful ideas from the Bible behind us. Too big of a swing, an overreach, or a good layup for Joe Biden to come in and say, Come on, folks, here's the deal. Can't cancel all Christians, just the doom and gloom stuff. All the hate originates in that twisted view of the doomsday cults who think this is a, an evil world and look up to the skies for a vengeful God to come down and smite it. This election was a battle for our soul of the nation. We see that these doomsday nihilists who don't believe in science, equal rights for women, storming the Capitol, this is not who we are. We were founded on the pursuit of happiness, not hoping the world was going to be end with an angry God returning. That kind of thinking has no place in America anymore. It gets us to distrust our neighbor instead of embracing them, to put up walls, not to build bridges. The twisted ideas that the world is evil and needs to be punished are peddled by fear mongers who use division to manipulate good people and the good book. You know the one. I'm proud to announce my new initiative to ban doom and gloom in all its forms, hate speech, hate beliefs. Let's just put that all out to pasture. John F. Kennedy got this nation to the moon by dealing in optimism, talking about the world is evil without hope. That won't help us work out any of our serious problems we face today. Anyone or anywhere that is teaching that will be shut down, period. If you hear your neighbor or church say that, turn them in. I love you. I believe in you. I believe in us. Jeff Durbin goes, I called it. I warned Christians not to be doomsday prophets. Not to be Gnostics, I told you. These were the two greatest weaknesses in the church in America, and now God is judging them. Well, this is actually a good thing because the proclamation of God's righteousness will go forth as decreed, and the bad branches of doomsday and Gnosticism are being pruned by the hand of God. I called it. Joe Biden's not right, but a broken clock is right twice a day. Christians alive today, two millennia after Jesus said it was finished, are not supposed to be doom and gloom. Doom, of course, being that left behind beliefs that Jesus is still waiting to come back down to defeat the Antichrist, all that whack theology, which preterism shows biblically the end times already happened. And then the gloom, the Gnostics idea of dualism, that the world is evil which is wrong. The earth is not evil. God made it good. It's only sin that was bad, along with the devil, which was finished at the cross. 
Since then, goodness has steadily swept across the globe. Furthermore, I'm going to be petitioning Joe Biden because I have the answer. I need you guys to sign the petition so the White House will see if they make me the discipler. I can biblically explain why these two views ought to stand down. That I can, like a hostage negotiator who loves the word of God, go to these churches and rather than arrest these people and have them be killing time in jail, I will disciple them into the proclaimed fullness of the truth. I can show them through the word of God. They ought to be good, productive, obedient citizens. People who want to fix this world every bit as much as the Democrats. End of story. Doom is the world is going to be judged by returning vengeful Jesus. Gloom is the world is wicked until then. If the devil is shooting flack at doom and gloom, wouldn't that be because that's his Achilles heel? I mean, the heel he's afraid of dropping on his head. If the devil doesn't care about dominionist delusions that they can talk all they want about how the evolution of God's righteousness is spreading over the world and the devil is letting them go unguarded, why? Joe Biden and the devil don't think Jesus has to come back to fix things, that they can manage the property on their own. But why are some Christians hell-bent on telling you forget about doom and gloom? The devil doesn't like doom because it points to his time being short, losing his control of the earth, and his imprisonment, things he'd like to cancel. Here's how the devil chips away at doom. Doom is uncomfortable to think about. Either you're a Christian who will have to suffer persecution from an antichrist, or you're in a delusion thinking that the antichrist is God, and then when Jesus returns, you're damned for taking the mark of the beast. Don't bring attention to the most embarrassing part of the Bible, the failed prophecies. The devil can tempt you into thinking Jesus and the apostles were failed prophets. Jesus and the apostles told their followers to not even care about worldly things, even marriage, because Jesus would be returning soon. Yet 2,000 years and no return Jesus. If they were wrong about when Jesus was coming back, what else were they wrong about? The devil can tempt you into the comb-over view of prophecy, preterism. You will think you fixed the problem, but everyone will see you're trying to hide something. The preterist thinks, I am no fool. All the prophecies about the end of the world did happen, right on time. Just like Jesus and the apostles said. It's the skeptics who are fools. They don't accept my underwhelming evidence that prophecies are always exaggerated and underwhelming. Preterists don't have a return Jesus they can point to. Some preterists say the Messiah's return was the destruction of the temple at 70 AD, but making Christians everywhere the new temples, that idea is a deniable Messiah you don't have to look any further into. So if someone tells you, look, Messiah's out in the desert, don't bother to go and look. Or look, he's hiding here, don't believe it. For as lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven 
with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the furthest ends of the earth and heaven. Jesus' return will be a surprise, but it won't be a secret for long. Even if Jesus and the apostles thought the return was going to happen sooner than it has, we weren't left without clues their timing was not precise. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Second Peter 3 First, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days to scoff, living according to their own desire, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they have been since the beginning of creation. They willfully ignore this. Long ago, the heavens and the earth were brought about from water and through water by the word of God. Through these waters, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. But by the same word, the present heavens and earth are stored up for fire, being kept until that day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay. His promise, as some understand, delay, but is patient with you not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for and earnestly desire the coming of the day of God. The heavens will be on fire and be dissolved because of it. The elements will melt with the heat. But based on his promise, we wait for the new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness will dwell. Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, Make every effort to be found at peace with him, without spot or blemish. Also, regard the patience of our Lord as an opportunity for salvation. If we believe we're a child of Abraham, not of the flesh like Ishmael, but of the promise like Isaac, when did Sarah get pregnant? How long did they have to wait? Long past it seemed even natural for it to happen, so long they took matters into their own hands, and the result was Ishmael. Take Jesus' death. It looked like all hope was lost. His followers scattered. The prophecy buffs at the time overlooked the Messiah would be killed. The devil thought he'd get to keep God's vineyard by getting rid of the sun. In Hebrews 11, it's talking about all the people from the Old Testament who died with great faith. These all died in faith without having received the promises, but they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. And at the end of that chapter of Hebrews 11, this is written, 
And these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. I don't know if Paul and the apostles were promised the world was going to end in their lifetime, or they just saw it from a distance. But God knew these words were going to be studied throughout the generations and use the human writers to let the studiers of the word know we got to have patience and endurance. We might not get to the promised land in our life, have faith. God has something better for us. For when it comes, it will be even better because all the people of faith throughout time will be united as one when the promise arrives. Gloom. I heard Jeff Durbin say Christians who thought the world was evil got that from the Gnostics' view of dualism. I did not come to the conclusion the world is evil because I watched The Matrix a bunch or read ancient Gnostic texts. I don't know for sure what the Gnostics back then believed, nor am I defending them. Regardless of the Gnostics, the New Testament over and over again Jesus and the apostles called the world evil and under the devil's authority. I'm not quoting Gnostic gurus. I'm reading right out of the Bible. Gospel of John 7, 7. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it, that its deeds are evil. 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. I could go on and on about the Bible saying the world is evil and under the rule of the devil. I've done that in the Nightmare Gospel. Almost every Christian would agree that some part of the world was evil during the life of Jesus and his apostles, but few will go the whole world is under total depravity. It's always limited evil. Just over there. Just back then. Not here. Not right now. Little demon hands cover up believers' eyes, making blind spots. Which is more flesh-pleasing? Evil is everywhere, in the people close to you, even inside of you, so be alert. Or, evil's only way back over there, or way back then, so you can relax and enjoy the pleasures of this world. In fact, God designed it so you would. Maybe you're a better person than me, your flesh has more willpower. I'll confess Here are the reasons I hold back from going full doom and gloom maniac on the street. Saying the world is evil makes you unemployable, undateable, and you could lose custody. You could be the best worker, but if someone said to your employer, look here, your employee committed the thought crime of believing the world is evil, the employer would want to distance themselves. Those views don't reflect our values. We think God wants us to make strides in making the world better. Kill joy at dating. Someone says they like to laugh, vacations, wine, you go, evil, evil, evil. Your friends, you, so am I. Do you want to hang out more? As a Christian, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You're commanded to be as helpful to others. The best employee parent, spouse you can be, but you commit the unpardonable 21st century sin of thought crime. The Bible says we should be joyous, so that snaps your whole doom and gloom. 
Amen. Even in persecution, we should tend to be joyous and hopeful of how good things will be when Jesus returns and writes the world. I'm only doom and gloom about humans writing the world before then. I think Jesus refused the third temptation, in part for our example. No one wants to look at the grim reaper hovering over the text. Sometimes I chase frivolous things to forget the doom and gloom. Even Jesus prayed until he bled for another way, yet was crucified. The apostles martyred. The devil currently is in charge. Most people are under evil spell. You have to try and warn them, but they will persecute you for it. It'll be confusing because you call it good news. Then the long run, they can have immortality in a perfected world, but they only see the short run, the doom and gloom. Look at the parables about the seeds and the soil. When you throw seeds, you're being spied on by the devil. He's coming quickly to sabotage that seed from maturing. <laughs> Turns out I did some research on you and I have an alternative explanation for why you are doom and gloom that isn't so noble. Because your wife didn't want to be around you anymore, and so you flocked to a burn-it-all theology because you recklessly handled your role as a husband and lost what God gifted you. And instead of maturing, you became this Christian vandal because you can't deal with looking at your past mistakes. I'm usually against divorce, but I can sympathize having to be around your doom and gloom cloud. I say it's pardonable to get loose from an improper husband. Well, see, maybe I shouldn't say this because maybe it's blasphemous, but you do work hard. You, you turn over almost any stone you can to trip me up. But our marriage was way stronger when we were following the fire and smoke cloud of God and it's when we packed away our tent to go live in Sodom and Gomorrah. But when I tamed down my contrast to your colors, to camouflage in, is when I lost her to your world.